welcome back to yet again another episode of Theology Doesn't Suck. As always, I am Josh Patterson, and with me is my esteemed colleague, Andy Herman. What's going on, Andy? What is up, you guys? Yeah, this. I mean, I kind of wish we were recording this Thursday, because the, uh, the Avs and the Capitals are playing, and we all know that uh, Landeskog scores way more points than Ovenchek. It's just a fact. I'm looking at the stats right now. <laughs> And and you know. know why? You want to know why he scores more points, Josh? Why is that? Because he's a fleshy robot that was predestined by God to score more points. Oh, man. <laughs> you got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as always, we're going to talk about a lot of, you know, Calvinism and why John Calvin was the best. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. What about, what do you, I mean, what about, can we talk about, like, uh, Greg Boyd or Pete Enns? No. They're Richard Rohr, Her- okay. They're very heretical. Okay. The most, probably okay. the most heretical people in America right now. Okay. All right. Well, what about? I guess we'll then we'll leave Rob Bell completely off the table. No, Rob Bell's good. Um. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's good. You've had a change of heart. <laughs> he uh no, he came full circle. He he found the Lord, the true Lord, and the light oh, of sweet. John Calvin. And um, right on. You know, he's a good old reformed boy now. Nice. Is he what he has to be working on his beard, some cigars. I don't he I don't think he's adopted the cigar part yet, but he definitely likes tattoos now. Oh cool. Like, American traditional. Yeah, only. whiskey tattoos, no cigars though, because he's scared they're gonna be Cuban and full of heroin. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> Alright, sweet. Well, actually, in case you guys haven't figured it out yet, uh this is actually the first ever Theology Doesn't Suck episode where Andy is not actually present. And so, playing the role of Andy today is our good buddy Justin hey. from Push the Narrative. Yeah, I would say I did a very poor version of Andy. I can't even nail his <laughs> voice right. <laughs> I'll probably have to move to, like, Arizona and get a tan. Yeah, go to Albuquerque for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. It's probably crazy, go man. to seminary for a few years, <laughs> honestly. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm super excited to <laughs> right be on. here. Yeah, right on, man. Well, thank you for Love joining you, us or joining me. Yeah, yeah Andy, dude. we miss you, dude. Uh, don't make this too much of a habit. And well, I guess you will be listening to this episode because you have to edit it. So um, hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, I hate Justin. I hate him yeah. so much. He'll never be He's on like, the podcast ever again. <laughs> He's going to call me later tonight when he's editing and be like, dude, what the? F- oh, I almost swore. Ah! I was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. That's how I know it wasn't Andy because Andy doesn't wouldn't swear that way. Only heathens like me. And me. Uh, <laughs> and you. This that's could be your fair. first ever explicit podcast, too. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Just to be a little bit more edgy. Yeah. More liberal. More <laughs> Ah, uh, dang it! <laughs> oh, sorry. Sweet. All right, I'll stop picking on well, you. Well, no, you're good, man. So, how have uh, <laughs> how have uh, how have things been going with uh, with push the narrative? I don't know. Um, well, for our listeners, uh, we did an episode a while back with uh, with the push the narrative guys with Justin and Gabe. We were on their show, and uh, it was a super fun episode. We really enjoyed it. We actually recorded a whole episode with them, uh, but we had a whole bunch of audio technicality issues uh where things on our end didn't quite turn out the way that uh we needed them to so uh we still are hope you know 
trying to hopefully salvage it somewhat so we can release it as like a bonus episode kind of thing. Um, but we're super excited to have have you back, Justin. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So how are things back. going with Pete? How are things going with uh, Push the Narrative? They're going good. Um, right now, like we're kind of in some ways re-gearing. Me and Gabe are trying to get to a point where uh, we can maybe do a little more dividing and conquering to get more uh, okay. content. So hopefully more uh, like individual interviews, which is going to be a steep learning curve for me because uh, <laughs> I'm not like the greatest interviewer. <laughs> I don't feel like he's he seems to have the faith in me though. But um no, things are going really well. We're, you know, staying steady numbers, growing a little bit here and there. Our big our big flop though is Instagram. Like oh, right I'm on. like envious <laughs> of you guys. You guys have like a steadily growing Instagram following and I feel like we're just plateaued. Like we're at like <laughs> I think we're at like 110 right now and I'm like how the heck am I going to grow this cuz like your Instagram looks amazing by the way. Um, oh really <laughs> mine just looks like have you looked at ours That's like funny look at ours ours looks like a hodgepodge mess we have like a, yeah we have 107 followers and then i go over to yours and i'm like oh my god it just looks so nice <laughs> <laughs> so. which i think is so funny because i was definitely jealous of uh how you guys do those like audio posts yeah so i i had to hit you up and ask you about those the other day so hopefully we'll have some of those coming out here yeah and they're so easy to make like i just randomly came across that one day i think honestly though what's nice about yours is like yours is consistently like the same so as i look through it i feel like i'm looking at the same kind of materials whereas my Ours just looks like, look at it. It's just a mess, <laughs> dude. You would have no clue where to start in this thing. I should just archive everything and start fresh. <laughs> so, you know who has a nice Instagram? The Washington Capitals. Oh, I bet just they saying. do. I should look right now, shouldn't I? I'm... Yeah, well, actually, if you look right now, you will see that Alex Ovechkin just like moments ago became. The uh, highest scoring Russian-born NHL player ever. Really? Yeah. Well, dang, dude. Oh, yep, there it is. Dude, the, I like the colors of the Capitals. Like, it's. I mean, it's the same. What am I saying? It's the exact same <laughs> colors as the Avs, just like your primary color is red. <laughs> yep. Dude. Well, the Caps and the Avs were connected. Or Never mind. That's completely false. The Avs were connected with the Bears, and now the Bears are connected to the Caps. So there yeah. was some connection there. Well, we yeah, so we were originally the, the Devils, so and then oh. the, they moved after. Well, because like, first it was the Nordiques. Then I think we became the Devils. Then we became the like Avalanche or the Rockies. Then we became the Avalanche or something like that. So that, the Avs have had a weird history. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, Seattle, I'm excited about that expansion team. What are they going to be called? The Metropolitans, it looks like. That's real exciting. Yeah, something crazy. I I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) The the Quebec people might riot, though, because, like, I mean, they have a huge viewership there. And they put one in Las Vegas in the middle of a desert. Now up (laughs) right next to where the Canucks territory is. And then, like, Quebec's like, what the hell? yeah hell's not a swear word guys yeah it's a place yeah or it's not (laughs) depending on who you talk to it could be a state of mind Ooh, there you go (laughs) (laughs) good thing andy's not on here to correct that you're both wrong you're both going to hell for that (laughs) that doesn't sound like andy at all all right i'll just stop 
Yeah, Andy. Actually, Andy's never told me I was going to hell. At least I don't remember him saying that. That's well, that's positive. I think that's a big joke between me and my friend Jason. So it just always comes oh, right out. On. Like, oh, I dude, I say that all the time. Like, I I yeah. during like Catalyst, which is the youth group that I run, uh-huh. consistently I'll make jokes that I'm going to hell. Oh, which is yeah. probably. <laughs> At your youth group? That's awesome. Yeah, youth group, which is probably not the best place to do that. Gabe showed me this little uh, meme of Hagrid where he, you know, in Harry Potter where he goes like, oh, should not have said that. I should not have said that. That's like one of those (laughs) moments. Every time you're like, I'm going to hell. You're like, oh, what have I done? All the students are like, I don't understand. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I think they got used to it, though. They know that. Yeah. Just whatever, but. (laughs) <laughs> no dude that's good man honestly you're just being authentic with the students which is like good that, oh dude that produces sure. great discipleship so yeah i i mean that's something that we really strive for and, and something that i believe in deeply is just being real and honest and upfront with uh with students in yeah, ministry uh, just in, with people in general um yeah no so i totally agree with I think that it's helpful the realer the better Sweet. oh yeah most definitely dude this most connection definitely. is cleaned up it has nicely I'm, yeah, I'm quite happy about the connection cleaning I up. Turned off my Bluetooth. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> so sweet. Cool, man. Sweet. Yeah, cool. Well, um, anyway, uh I don't have a cool transition like Andy where Andy would somehow Speaking of going to hell, there the you go. people who go to hell are sinners. And you know okay. what sin does? It makes people doubt. And you Ooh. know what doubt is? Bad. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about a book called how certainty is actually sin or there we i tried <laughs> i, yeah, you I tried. really Dude, tried that was pretty good you you were actually you were pretty close i think andy would at least give you like a seven or eight out of i 10 was gonna say a there. five but you're generous okay <laughs> sweet so yeah uh today actually we're going to be talking about a book a book that i actually i really enjoy and i think uh justin you really like it as well uh, and it's called The Sin of Certainty, and it is by someone that I have personally mentioned uh, a couple times on the show by uh, before, uh, named Peter Enns, or uh, Pete Enns is uh, yeah, he's often referred to as. And the sub, yeah, Peter Enns. <laughs> and the so it's The Sin of Certainty, and the subtitle is Why God Desires Our Trust More Than Our Correct Beliefs. Yeah, and correct is in quotes for anyone who really cares about that. Yeah, it's in quotes. So when he says it, it's like picture him doing air quotes. Yep. <laughs> Which is exactly what like that is the best summary of a book I think I've ever read. Is like that just nails it. Oh yeah, for sure. Now I feel like we could end the episode and everyone knows what this book's about. Yeah, we are like, review done. Arguments made. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Sweet. Well, well, yeah. Well, basically, um, I mean, I personally. I really enjoyed this book, and this book actually helped me a lot. Uh, it just so happened that um, I read it during a, a time that was um, not my greatest. I guess some a Christianese way to say it would be during a dark night of the soul. Um, and it was very helpful for me. Pete, Pete calls those uh-oh moments. <laughs> does he really? I thought he uses the dark night of the soul uh, reference. I think he does. He does later on. But up front, like right in the the very beginning, he talks about his uh oh moment. You are correct. He does talk about his uh oh moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love Which that sounds... part actually. <laughs> Let me see if I. There it is. 
Yeah, I yeah, got this to, oh, I didn't plan this little moment. And before I knew it, my view of God passed from, yeah, I got this to, uh-oh. <laughs> yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> what a good line. Yeah, so so that's pretty cool. So, I mean, um, I guess we can jump right in with that then. He uh, he talks about these uh-oh moments, and then uh, he says, I'm going to share uh, two, two quotes with you real quick, and then we'll kind of start from there. He says, I need to be willing to let go of what I think I know and trust God regardless. Mm. And that's in, in reference to those uh-oh moments. And then one more thing he says, he says, I believe those uh-oh moments get our attention like nothing else can. In fact, I believe they are God moments. Yeah. And so what um, what are, are your thoughts on that? Just off the bat, have you had a an uh-oh moment or a dark night? Of the soul yeah dude no just like you this book came to me in like oh my gosh like probably the like darkest night of the soul is how i would describe what happened to me because like i went uh i went through like a year-long deconstruction which is i think mm. probably a lot longer than most people go through their deconstructions i think most people figure out how to deconstruct like in a short amount of time and then the reconstruction okay. takes a lot longer but um, so I'm, I'm going to tell this story the way I've told everyone because it's just such a s- stupid story, but it like <laughs> it forever changed the trajectory of my path. So, OK, um, my uh-oh moment was in Charleston, South Carolina. I was okay. working on a cruise ship uh, like right on uh, for American Cruise Lines. And I was a um, I was what did they call me? Like it, I was basically like a deckhand and I did security at night. Right. Okay. And, uh, my job was to do the, do the laundry. So like wash sheets every night, make okay. sure the boat isn't on fire and make sure drunk people don't get on the boat because as stupid as it sounds, if you're docked somewhere, drunk people try and get on your ship for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but so, so we, if they're already drunk, they can stay on the boat, but new drunk people can't join. Yeah. Well, basically the idea is like, don't let anyone that's not supposed to be on the boat on the sure. boat. So right on. <laughs> um, so I, I was standing outside in this uh, little town and I can't remember the name of it right now, but there, there was, uh, I was standing on the side of the boat and I'm looking at like this kind of white gazebo slash okay. like house thing. And there was a palm tree next to it. And my uh-oh moment came from, like, a real silly, like, thing, like, what happens to him where he's watching the bridge to Terabithia. And some okay. girl just says, like, you know, da- what? who was it? Dakota Fanning, that was the main yep. character, uh, yep. says her, like, you know, I don't think God is like that. But mine was, is that palm tree real? <laughs> right on. And I said it internally, and it, like, threw me into this tailspin where for, like, a year... I dealt with uh, this thing called derealization where like I could not tell you if the person I was talking to or real like that I was talking to was real or not. Like we could be having a conversation right now and I'd be questioning whether or not you were real or if I was making all this up in my head. Wow. Right on. And so like um, I was like I hadn't even like I had bought this book uh, on Audible and I had been meaning to listen to it, but I just never got around to it. And um. It was crazy because for like a year I dealt with like just deconstructing everything I had ever learned ever. And then I was I had, I came back home because I couldn't handle being on the boat 
like anymore because like I had too much stress and anxiety with what was going on with okay. uh, all of that. And I started working with my dad doing construction. And one day I started listening to this book and uh, this quote was like my God moment. Like this, this book actually had my God moment like written in it. Oh, and this sweet. has been like an extremely like this, like this, like it's crazy. So that question immediately put me into a tailspin and this quote took me out of the tailspin immediately. It was like a weight was lifted off me. If you want to wow. read it, it's on page 157. Okay, Mid- I'm getting the midway down the thing. Okay. It says doubt is not the enemy of faith, a solely destructive force that rips us away from God. Oh wait, no wait. Uh Oh yeah, it is. Uh a dark cloud that blocks the bright warm sun of faith. Doubt is only the enemy of faith when we equate faith with the certainty of our thinking. Doubt is what being cornered by our thinking looks like. Doubt happens when needing to be certain has run its course. And, like, I heard that, and it was like a weight was lifted off me, dude. It was the most, like, godly thing ever because I was so <laughs> concerned with being right and, like, like spot on with everything that I believed about God that I, could, I couldn't let that go. And, like, sure. that line just, like, I... I like stopped in the middle of working and like got choked up. And my dad's like, are you okay? And I was like, dad, I honestly need to go home. And I'm like, I can't really explain to you right now why. Cause it doesn't really make sense to me. But all I can say is like, so, like I, I'm listening to this book and like, it just fixed like everything. Wow. <laughs> and he was just right kind of, he was just like, Oh, okay. Like that's cool. You know? Yeah. If that's what you need to do, go for it. And he like he was patient with me. And um later that night I went and told him like I explained like everything that had been going on and they were like, Whoa. And they're not like real like faithful people. Like they didn't okay. introduce me to God or anything, but like they were really okay. floored. So I all of that to say like I a hundred percent agree with him. Like those uh oh moments, like those moments where like you just get thrown like into the middle of the ocean of like chaos, like, and, and then God just kind of like plucks you out. Like those are God moments. Cause God's putting you in those moments to make you stronger. And like, I can a hundred percent say like that year of like struggle made me way better. Like way. Oh way yeah. Better. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. That's, that's interesting. My, uh, my story is a little bit different and I like whenever I try to put words to it, it doesn't really it makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to other people um, because I don't. Hmm, I don't know if I like I definitely had some kind of some form of deconstruction, mm. but I don't maybe it's just because at the time I didn't recognize it as that or didn't have words to call it that. But I feel like my deconstruction and faith construction as a whole kind of all happened at at once, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Like it was. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think because I had like I knew what I was taught growing up. And then once I got into theology, um, I would say I was blessed to be introduced to some really cool theologians right off the bat. Yeah. And so they would say things that. would challenge something that I grew up thinking and then I would like think about it and pray about it and it would make me really excited because they were putting words to things that I had always felt or always thought um and then it just kind of seemed to be affirming that yeah and so that that. that's the best way I can explain it 
No, I a hundred percent get where you're coming from <laughs> because it was like the same. Like it's funny because like that whole year was like it was me asking every question that I wasn't allowed to like ask in youth group, like questions right. like why does it say we're gonna make them in our image, you know, in Genesis? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, wh- like why is uh. Like, why are Lot's daughters, like, having sex with him? Like, what does it mean <laughs> when, like, Ham saw uh, Noah, like, nakedness, you know, and looked upon it? Like, you know, like, why did God flood the earth and stuff? So it's, like, sure. and those were all, like, frowned upon things. And then it was just, like, this is how we believe. And then, like, that one question, is this real? <laughs> like, it was, like, <laughs> just taking the card out from the bottom of the tower. And I just was, like, left as, like, a mess, you know? Sure, sure. So I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's and it's interesting too that that you uh, mentioned um, about like church being a place where you you couldn't ask those kind of questions or youth group because Pete actually has a quote early early on too where he said that the church is too often the most risky place to be spiritually honest. Yep. And I yeah. think that's a huge I think that's a huge issue and it's actually um, it's something that I encourage amongst my students. Uh, at Catalyst to ask difficult questions and yeah. uh, even to like question me and the things that I'm teaching them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, so good. Yeah, and to to you know pick up their Bible or or go you know read some theology books or whatever and and kind of dig at these things and and figure it out themselves. Um, well, and actually, I have I have this one student in particular. Um, he's he's a super cool kid. He's wicked smart, and um, his mom is like super, super involved in church. Always has been. Works for like a really big five hundred one c three nonprofit. That's you know Christian. Does all sorts of cool stuff. And her son is like not. He doesn't buy the whole Christianity thing. Yeah. And he has various circumstances that you know that happened in his life that have brought him to that. Um, and she wanted to take me out to lunch the other day, and I was very nervous <laughs> because I thought that maybe it got back to her that I was telling him things like, it's okay to not agree with, you know, what your mom says. <laughs> isn't it weird, like, not to cut you off, but isn't it weird no, that, like, you and I are scared of things like that? <laughs> like, to, to yeah. be honest, I have the same fear. It's like, I just, uh, I had a student ask about um, whether or not, like, maybe the devil created, like, half of humanity. And I got okay. into a conversation talking about, like, the idea of Elohim and, like, the okay. possibility of, like, there actually being other, like, gods, but there is only, like, okay. one, like, the god. And, like, sure, I got sure. done. And I was like, I'm terrified that she's going to go tell her mom that and, like, I'm going to have to sit down <laughs> with the senior pastor of the church now. And it's yeah. like, I don't feel like you should be terrified of that. No, I agree with you, man. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And luckily for me, like... um this conversation we talked about like other stuff like church related stuff she sits on one of the committees in the church so we talked about like church business boring stuff um but then she talked about her son and how much she appreciated the environment that we create at catalyst that's awesome uh, because those are those are the same things that she tells him and i was completely caught off guard i kind of felt like an ass uh, because I what? definitely assumed the opposite. <laughs> no, dude, that's her. that's so encouraging to hear. Like, honestly, it really is because it's like, I think one of the most terrifying things is to like put yourself out there in that vulnerable of a state where you're like giving your like true, genuine faith, 
and like you're like scared you know that it's gonna come and bite you in the butt because all you want to do oh, is yeah. like do good for those students you know no oh, most definitely so most definitely like, yeah no i mean it's funny too because like earlier when you started talking about this it dawned on me that it's like i really feel like an unquestioned faith is an unstable faith not to oh, like absolutely. make something that's like you know like catchphrasy or dumb but it's it's like if you're not questioning it like you're either like you're either like deluding yourself or you're like you're very unsure of what you actually believe to the like and that's what this book is about you know but yeah yeah so yeah no right on that's that's interesting um because i actually i had another student recently like he always asked me he's like dude how do i know that i'm going to heaven Oh my! I'm God, like, well, such a good question. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, well, you have like, would you say you have a a tight relationship with Christ? Yeah. Well, like, what about the whole like asking forgiveness for your sins bit? Well, yeah. I'm like, okay, then you're good. But he's like, yeah, but how do I know? Like, he's like losing his mind about this stuff, <laughs> dude. And like, he's he's struggling because he's like, well, I doubt God all the time. Like, and and he's like, doesn't that make me a bad Christian because I'm I'm doubting God? And no. I, and like, bro, <laughs> it makes you the best no. kind of Christian. So yeah. uh, it's hilarious that we're talking about this because I just uh, we just did a series with our students called Human. Right. Mm. And it was all about like what it means to be human. And one of the Very things cool. I told my students was um, that. Or no, sorry. This was actually my very first sermon. Actually, you can hear this sermon. It's one of our episodes. Hilariously. Right on. Um. But I'm talking about doubt specifically, and uh, I tell them, like, what is the best way to get to know someone? You have a conversation with them, and, like, a conversation at its base is based around questions. So if you don't have questions for someone, you either don't care to get to know them or, like, you think you know everything about that person. But, like, there's no way in a million (laughs) years I'd ever be able to fully get to know you or even, like, touch on how, like – you know, closely your wife knows you, you know? Right, right. But like, even then still, like you guys have been married how long? And I'm sure you guys are asking each other questions all the time. Sure. And so it's like, if you don't have doubt, I don't see how your faith with Christ could ever be continuing to grow. Right, right. And so it's like, it's so cool to hear that, like you have a student that's asking like hard questions like that, you know? Dude, it's, it's really encouraging. And like, I... I bring it up in staff meeting all the time, like to, I mean, the head pastor, everybody. And I'm like, dude, guess what? You know what James asked today? James asked if God created the Garden of Eden and wanted it to be good, why did he put the snake there? I'm like, yeah. you know what? That's a great, that's a great freaking question, that's James. That's an amazing <laughs> let's, question. Let's talk about that, bro. And I mean, this is a high school kid, you know, where yeah. we're told that, that high schoolers, you know, or, or teenagers in general are dumb and they don't think, man... That's, That's so wrong. Yeah, this, I mean, like brilliant questions like that. And then on Sunday, the same kid we were, uh, we're going through. We're using the the Bible Project. Are you familiar with them? Yeah, no, I listened. Yeah. to like a ridiculous amount of them. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. Uh, but we're we're going through their um, we're just going through the whole Bible yeah. book by book each week in Sunday school because cool. I have to teach Sunday school and I do youth group. Yeah. Um, and so we were in the Book of Job this week. And we were talking about, um, you know, how Job is basically a big poem and 
uh, that a lot of you know scholars would agree that Job isn't necessarily uh, historical in you know the way that we would tell history. Yeah. Uh, Andy, don't edit that part out, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just messing with you, bro. Uh, but yeah, so like, um, and they and I told them, you know, like some people hold that it is, and and this is another view. That's often how I present things. Is yeah. With multiple views, rather Super than healthy. this is the right one to believe. Yeah. And um. James asked the question, he was like, oh, well, like, if that's the case, how do we know what in the Bible is is true and what's not? Like, what to believe in, what we shouldn't, or or whatever. So, um, that's really, that's, I mean, it's great. I love it. Dude, I, like, <laughs> love this student, James, of yours, because, like, he's being so critical with his faith, and not in a bad way, like, at all. And, like, most, most youth ministries, like, what you have going that's so good is that like most youth ministries just shut that kind of question down, you know? Right. And it's, man, like this is the kind of like atmosphere I'm trying to like cultivate with our students, but our students sure. have been burned a couple of times by the former pastors uh, uh, okay. in the youth. Not like intentionally, but um, like they were just really like out of touch with like younger kids or, yeah. you know, they didn't, they didn't really try or whatever. Or they tried too hard, I think, sometimes. Okay. And okay. Uh, the students are just, like, real unreceptive right now. But, like, we're slowly changing that culture, which is, like, it's just so cool to hear that you have that. Sorry. I'm going to – I'll let that rest now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it. I mean, it's definitely cool, man. And, like, things like, um, you know, this book uh, have, in, have inspired that. And uh, the leaders are super on board with it. And even, like, the – I mean, the pastor's – seem to be on board with it i don't know if if they'd fully be on board if they heard all the conversations uh, yeah. because i'm very honest and like if i don't know the answer to something i'll straight up be like yeah dude i just don't know it's so good it's so good <laughs> like so that's like that drives people nuts when i do that because i did that with a guy that i knew today he's like well what about this and i was like i don't know let me think about it he's just like what do you mean you don't know aren't you a christian and i was like <laughs> yeah that doesn't mean i know everything dude like I'm, i have right. no clue right yeah, dude, that's great. That's great. Um, I think also, like on with like uh, online with that kind of thinking, uh, when people uh, always give like always feel they have to give an answer or or they have a pat answer for something. Which, by the way, kids smell bullshit like a mile away. Like you a can't, mile away. You can't. And I mean, even people too, like culture in general, the way that our culture is now, people those pat answers that worked twenty years ago good luck friends um <laughs> well like so it, people it's crazy sorry. but like the not, the i think a lot of times what happens is is we try to act like we know everything and we end up more so worshiping our idea of god um oh. rather than god himself dude straight and, up like and pete talks about that yeah i was gonna say i think he talks about that but like straight up like certainty is an an idol like Oh, for sure. Deep idol. And like, I liked what you're saying. Like students can sniff out like inauthentic talk like a mile away, dude. Like it's so crazy. Like you could tell a student like the most Christianese thing and they're just going to, it's just going to reflect off them because they're going to be like, yeah, dude, I've heard (laughs) it a million times. Like um, he's like, tell me something I don't know. Like, sure. It's crazy. Like students that have never like come in contact with like Jesus in a real way they still know like tons about like the Bible and they come with these like deep preconceived notions now because like 
it's becoming so politicized, you know, in oh a lot of ways. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. No, with I know, politicized faith. <laughs> but uh, it's it's like it's crazy because huh. we're about to we're starting to get to a point where we can start branching out to the high schools and not just our own students and our ministry. And right I'm like, on. dude, like we're gonna have to like try different things than what we've done in the past because um, even though we live in Texas and Dallas, um, Dallas is actually like pretty dang liberal, you know. Okay. And okay. so um, we came from a really conservative, smaller town on the western slope of Colorado. And, you know, we could kind of I'll say it like this. You could get away with like being, you know, a passe Christian there because okay. that's what everyone wants. You know, it's kind of retirement yeah, yeah, yeah. village. But now it's like I was telling Gabe and like Gabe's not not on board with this. But I was like, dude, you know, what would be interesting bringing an atheist in to talk to the students. And oh, he, yeah. was, he was just like, <laughs> yeah, that would actually be really interesting. I'm like, you know, it's, you know, it's, we need, like, we don't humanize people like that at all. You know, we have these ridiculous notions. And then, you know, some atheist wants to get to know Jesus and they're like, well, how do I know I'm saved? And they're like, well, you just accept Jesus. And they're huh. like, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's like James. It's like, but how do I know? And they're like, but, uh, you know, then they kind of do like, you know, they have their brain fart where they're like, I don't, how do I explain, explain that better? Sure. You know? Sure. And so I think honestly, it's, you know, it's as easy as that, but it's like way more complicated when you get into like stuff with atheists, you know? It's like, oh yeah. If you're having a conversation with a Christian, you know, you can give that answer because they're going to get it. But an atheist isn't, they're going to be like, I don't understand. Like, how does atonement work? You know? Right. Right. And so then someone's going to be like, well, he's, he's a sacrifice or they're going to be like me. And they're going to be like, he allowed you to kill him on a cross so that he could defeat death. Dude, that's exactly how I tell kids stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, like the, Dude, I, that's funny. I, I, uh, you know, Chris, I, I lean into Christus Victor for sure. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, atonement's a whole nother episode, oh, but I think for real, I think where we, where people fall into issues with atonement theories is when they just pick one and stick with it and say it has to be this one. Yeah. And I, I just, think, like, it's crazy. I just listened to something where, like, the, um, it was You Have Permission To with Dan Koch. I don't know okay. if you picked up that podcast yet, but it just released. Um, and he does. He just did one that was You Have Permission To uh, Think or Believe in Other Atonement Theories. Oh, cool. And they made a really good point that, like, uh, penile substitutionary atonement is already, like, a conglomerate of a lot of different atonement theories from, like, right, back in the right. day. So right. it's like, why wouldn't you just be allowed to look at those other ones and not be heretical? And I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's actually a really good point that I never quite thought about. Yeah, I think, and I mean, you you might already know this about me, but I think the best, uh, my favorite view of, of atonement uh, comes from N.T. Wright. He yeah. was my favorite theologian, and he just has such a nuanced uh, view of atonement, which is very much, I mean, it's very heavy-handed in the whole Christus Victor bit, yeah. but it still has, um, you know, the penal substitutionary atonement elements to it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, people, what's funny is, uh, like, people don't know what to do with that. <laughs> because no. he, he, like, people interview him all the time, like, people... Um, you know, more so that are really heavy on just the penal substitutionary bit. Yeah. Um, like the, I mean, not to hate on the gospel coalition cause I no. love them, but they've interviewed, they've interviewed him a couple times and like, they just can't wrap their mind around what he's saying. Cause he's like, I agree with what you're saying, but also it's bigger than that. And like it's, they, yeah. Well, uh, 
not to go too far down this rabbit hole, yeah. but like a, to- <laughs> a lot of like what happens in the Bible is paradoxical, right? Sure. Like sure. atonement is very paradoxical because it is it is both the sacrifice of God giving up like his his um his status of like heavenly being, but is mm-hmm. also it is also like him allowing us the free will to destroy him. Right. Uh, and so like there's a paradox there because it's both sacrificial and like um uh I forget what the other word I'm looking for is right now, but it's it it's a paradox, you know? You're yep. seeing God yep. say like you're choosing to it's it's the paradox of sacrifice and choice, you know, yeah. or choosing to destroy, but at the same time he's choosing to like like not use his powers to like save himself or like do something else. Sure. And so there's just like such a weird beauty in like that paradox. So anyways, we can get back to the book now. I didn't mean to yeah. dro- drop us in that <laughs> hole. No, that's good. That's it's funny cuz Andy and I have actually been talking about doing in a an atonement bit. It would so be maybe good. we'll just Maybe we'll just have to bring you back home for that too and get Gabe involved. Dude, Gabe way, loves talking about this stuff. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. That We're, way maybe we, we can get a, get a solid push the narrative episode out on Theology Doesn't Suck. Dude, this is going to be good. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> oh, this about. Is, dude, this is going to be dope. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Andy agrees. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually. Will. I'm I giving actually, him too much shit. I'm sorry, Andy. <laughs> we love you, Andy. Actually, one of the things that um, I don't know that he really like talks about this in the book, um, but one of the things I was thinking about today that I was kind of curious not to ask you questions on your own podcast. No, do it, bro. Seems unethical almost. But um, I was thinking about church division, like divisions in the church um, and how the need for certainty has created those uh, divisions. And like they they kind of form this elitism within different denominations because um <laughs> man yeah. it's crazy because huh. um you you start reading um what we're going to talk about on my pot like on push the narrative here after this episode yeah. um is like how quickly like debates about things come up after jesus's death like oh sure. it's like instantaneously like and yeah. it's crazy because like all of these divisions that we see now are based on this like certainty of theologies like i have it right you have it wrong like yeah and so if you don't believe this i'm defecting and making this new thing it's kind of like uh not to drag the reformation into this not saying it's a bad thing but the reformation was uh, you know in a lot of ways on that you know they're like right we don't believe that stuff anymore and not that the reformation didn't like fix a lot of much bigger issues that needed to be fixed with like um you know strong arming and stuff but (laughs) you know like its foundation was this rebellion against like this certainty that we were already right right and so i was kind of thinking like what do you think um why do you think like certainty breeds that kind of elitism within us yeah i think I mean, it's really interesting because I was, I was also, I was listening to a po- another podcast. <laughs> good God. I referenced so many podcasts, so we should get money for this or something. Uh, but there's a really good one I like called The Bible for Normal People, which is Pete mm. Enns' podcast. Yep. Um, but they just started releasing season three and they had propaganda on. Do you know prop? Yeah, dude. I dude, love propaganda. If you haven't heard that episode yet, it is solid. I was going to listen to it today, but I felt like it was a better use of my time to reread that lost chapter <laughs> and listen to <laughs> there this you book. go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, prop actually talks about um, like growing up, how he uh, felt he experienced a true, like a really true form of Christianity. 
um, through his grandmother yeah. and some other people in his life and how he didn't necessarily, he didn't have the, uh, he could, they could speak the Christian lingo, but they didn't have like the right grammar. It's kind of the, the metaphor that he used, okay. um, that, that, uh, and so basically he goes on to say that later he got introduced to theology and was able to start putting like words and ideas and concepts of things. Um, but then he realized like once he got too far into that world that like he started doubting his grandmother's faith. Like, oh, was my grandmother even really saved? Because she didn't have this language that I do to put to my faith. So was she truly, you know, was she truly saved when that's yeah. the most, he says, she's the most legit Christian lady I know. And so he said after he picked up that, you know, language, he dropped it real quick. <laughs> Yeah. Um, not that he doesn't value theology, um, but it's exactly that idea that he was playing into, that idea of um, breeding this elitism that um, we're right and you're wrong. And unless you, you're in our theological camp, uh, you know, you're a heretic or you're just flat out wrong. You're going to hell, whatever. Yeah. And um, that what's really interesting about that, and this is going to be super Anabaptisty of me, <laughs> but uh I'm teaching a, a series right now through Bruxy Cavey's book called Reunion, and this week we're we're talking about how Jesus came to shut down religion. Um, and a very religious thing to do is say that if you're truly saved, then you have to believe things our way. You know, you have to do these rituals, these ceremonies, believe these things in this order. Which all that does is that's creating a a second mediator between us and God when. The Bible clearly teaches us that Jesus is the only mediator that we need. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, we need to be more open to uh, just knowing that there are different, um, there are faithful people in, in the in the realm of theology are all, for the most part, I guess there's always an exception. They're trying to be faithful followers of Christ. And yeah. just because they don't look or think the same way that you do, doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. I think there's truth there to be found. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but I think no, that's, it's, that's my solution to your... <laughs> no, it's it's great because what you're pointing at is the fact that, um, you know, there's a, lot, there's a huge thing right now. There's this outpouring, especially with Tim Mackey now becoming so popular. Um, and Hooray like, for Tim. No, for like... <laughs> Um, if it wasn't for him, um, I probably wouldn't have went down some of these rabbit holes. Like I, I'm probably like far deeper than the average listener on like, uh, the Bible project, not to sound arrogant or anything, but, um, you know, he, he mentions like John Salehammer and Michael Heiser and, um, John some Walton. And I'm like yeah. p- picking up like all of their books. Like I'm, I'm reading everything I can get my hands on. Yeah. Um, and there is there is this version of Christianity that's so stuck in academia, right? Right. Where oh, absolutely. The majority of scholars would say, like, exactly what we're talking about right now. Like, they are not certain about absolutely anything anymore. Right, and right. They, but, like, they would also say on that same coin that this uncertainty of, like, exactly what we believe creates a vastly more beautiful God. Because oh, this sure. God becomes... Uh, um, like it truly infinite right mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways like what we were raised on is like a very boxy God 
Yeah, and then for sure. You get this like realm of uh, understanding where you start learning stuff like there uh, you, that you read the ancient Ugaritic texts that they talk about. Mm-hmm. And you're just like floored because of the parallels. You're like, whoa, wait. <laughs> so what they actually believed was there were really gods. You know, like they they true like even the Israelite people truly believed Baal was real. You know, right, right. Like, you know, uh, Asher was real. Like, it wasn't like God like versus the fake gods. It was like God had all these other dudes like running around, and he right. like they were rebelling against him. And he's like, what? Like, I got to fix this crap, you know? Right. <laughs> and it, to me, I'm like, dang. Like, and God, like, still chose us. Like, after all that, he had, like, this host of beings around him that were, like, rebelling. And, like, he chose to be like, you know what? F all you weirdo spiritual beings. <laughs> like, these are my people. I'm choosing yeah. them. I'm coming through them and saving them. I'm like, that is, like, infinitely more beautiful than, like, hey, I just created these things. They messed up, and I'm going to fix it, I guess. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, those are hyper-simplifications. Sure. But... For sure. Yeah, no, dude, it's it's so awesome. And I think that's where, where Pete gets in, and he, and he has this idea where he says that we need to uh, decouple our faith in God from our thoughts about God. Yep. And like that we need to have, I mean, it's this is such a cliche Christian thing to say, but like a childlike faith. Um, nah, honestly, just, the, sorry. Yeah, ahead. no, you're good, man. Just to like to be able to trust and have faith in God, because that's what Jesus calls us to is faith. Yeah, He's having faith in Him and faith in God, and that means even when we don't know, even when you know we do experience a dark night of the soul, or you know all these things are presented to us, still having faith in Him is 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 the key the key aspect there. Yeah, no, I. Th- you know, it's funny that you said it's like so cliche because the more I go down this rabbit hole, the more like I realize that is an insanely complex like thing to say. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, like we like we hear it so much. It's like God just requires childlike faith. And, you know, like a child believes anything can happen. You know, we have to believe God can do anything. You know, that's kind of like the normal line. But it's it really isn't. I don't know if it's really that anymore. I think honestly, when you're talking about childlike faith, it's just like you have to understand like God does stuff, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> As a kid, like <laughs> you sure. don't know about the evaporation cycle and like you just don't know about the water cycle, right? Right, right. You don't right. realize water evaporates out of the ground, goes into the clouds, condenses, and then falls again. Right. You're just like, sometimes the sky just pours rain on us i don't know right. why but i just know it does <laughs> right and, and it, you know so often like i think we as christians like instead of trying to we're always like trying to give them the water cycle when all okay. it really is is it's like man i don't know i don't know where right. any of this comes from i just know it it is you know right right like right. I, don't, I don't know why god would let a baby die but i know that the baby died and i know that god is good and like right. how all that fits together i just I have no clue, you know, it's, <laughs> right. it's just sometimes the explanation doesn't freaking matter. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I feel, um, I feel like oftentimes when we try to give answers to big questions, like why did the baby die? Or like, you know, I, I have multiple friends who have experienced like more than one miscarriage and like things like that. Like, why does God let that happen? And when yeah. we give Pat answers, in my opinion, like, oh, well, it's, that's just God's plan. That's just what happens. Like that yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. There, there's something in me still is like not satisfied with that. And I think well, a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, I just had this thought. I really wonder if the pat answer doesn't come from like anything other than you just really don't know how to respond to that situation. You know, sure. it's like, so sure. like you have to create some kind of ground where even you yourself can like re like, like create a foundation again. Cause like you're actually innately in your like the depths of your being recognizing that you don't have a good enough answer. So you just mm-hmm. throw out the best sounding thing at the time to try and ground like yourself. And it's almost like the pat answer is almost selfish, even though you're okay. trying to give it self selflessly to someone. Okay. Like if someone's baby just died and they're like in tears and you're like, man, like, you know, God is good. Like good's going to come out of this. Like first off, we all know like the person who's hearing that is going to be pissed off. But right. like, what are you really doing? Like, I like. Sure. I'm thinking through that. It's like you're really just trying to like make yourself feel better because you don't have a good enough answer for that person. Sure, sure. And so like, your faith is getting shaken in that moment. Like, that's a real uh oh moment. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. That's a huge uh oh moment. And I think what what I was so encouraged by, and because I mean, well, this book, but also too, like, uh, Mackie Tim Mackie talks a lot about how. Uh, scripture, um, you know, as Hebrew uh, meditation literature and how like the Bible is like a diamond that's multifaceted. And, you know, every time we turn it, we're we're gleaning something new. So like these little answers don't work. Um, And then like Pete goes on to to talk about, and I mean, he even shows examples of Psalms that are just like literally a big middle finger to God. Like, like God, what the hell? Like, that's what they are. That's in short what the psalm is. (laughs) Yeah. Like the one where he talks about the psalmist. He's like, God, you're a liar. But yeah, he like straight up calls God a liar. And yeah, those blunt of words. But then he's like, ends it with, but God, you're good. Yeah, but God, you're good. Now praise you. (laughs) But and the thing is, like, God's okay with that. And like, it super bums me out that I wasn't taught those things before. Yeah. Because it's I like, was always I was always taught that's bad. Yeah, no, for real. It's like we never get taught things like this psalmist says, I'm weary of my morning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. Yeah. I'm like, why are we never <laughs> taught like that faith is difficult? Like we so often get the Joel Osteenized version of faith where it's like oh, it's all gonna gosh. be smiles and good and God's gonna give you a like McHouse. Yeah. You know? It's it's like no, man. Like the the older I get, the more it's like I want to just tell my students all the time like you know, being a Christian is amazing, but like it sucks. It's Yeah, it's anything oh but easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like no, dude, this Hold on, let's see. This is a um this came out of it too and this uh this is a prayer that uh Thomas Merton um wrote and it's a long i mean it, it's i learned about it in this book um and it, i mean it's it goes exactly with what we're talking about this this idea of doubt he says my lord god i have no idea where i am going i do not see the road ahead of me i cannot know for certain where it will end nor do i really know myself and the fact that i think that i am following you following your will does not mean that i am actually doing so but I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have done that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, 
you will lead me by the right road, though it may, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Oh my God, that's so it's brilliant! Good. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I should just memorize that and pray it every freaking morning, man. Dude. That oh kicked God. me in the that kicked me in the pants when I first when I first saw that like is that in like the appendix like in the back of the book where the notes are no I think I wish I I read that off my Instagram page <laughs> oh no well I just <laughs> and meant, so like, in the book I couldn't remember it's definitely in here but I took a picture of the book and I didn't leave the page number so I'm kind of oh, bummed about cool. that but I can I can send it to you for sure but I mean it just my my time like where where I was and actually where I still currently am in life not not in my faith not in the dark right. moment of the soul it's like god what am, like what am i doing yeah um like why do you have me where you have me and where where am i going like where i don't yeah. i don't understand um and like i this book has helped me to understand that that's okay and um to embrace that and just try and literally just have faith in even during our times of like god what the hell kind of yeah. moment so it's, it's so kind of man it dude please everybody read this book <laughs> i i like honestly i can't like this is one of those books that's like even if like you've just started your faith you you need to read this book oh for sure because it prepares you for the things that happen later like i would never want anyone in a million years to go through what i went through for an entire year of just like I would like drag myself out of bed to go to church. Like, and then I just, I started to hate going. Cause like, it's, I could never, I was like, I don't agree. Like, I don't know anymore. Like, I don't, I can't see where you're coming from with this any longer, you know? Right. Right. And even worship would drive me nuts. And it was, and now like, thank God, like I came out of all that and I like get, I like, I enjoy church again. And like, I, I love everything I hear, but like Dude, that is a rough place to go, especially like if you don't have any like idea of what and how to properly deconstruct. Um, yeah, and we do not give Christians the tools for that, and like we wonder why people are leaving in droves. Yeah, they over just peace questions. out because <laughs> they don't yeah. know it's okay to ask those questions, so they say deuces, I'm out of here. And well, and even if they do know it's okay to ask those questions, they don't have the tools to handle those questions. Like even oh, if people for sure. are like, "Yeah, you can ask those questions all day long," like you know, someone will go up and be like, "I just I don't understand why did all those kids just get shot in that school?" And the pastor's like, "I don't know," and like the it's you know, but no one tries to help like move forward in the faith either. You know, They're sure, just, sure, they get stuck in an I don't know like circle. And I'm not saying there are some things that we just will never know. I get oh, that. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. you know, I think there's like this unhealthy thing where we say, I don't know. And then we don't try and figure it out at all. We just kind of like toss it behind us. It's like, I don't know. Now I can just deposit that in the trash. You know, <laughs> Right. Which is probably more unhealthy than just oh, asking, yeah. like, you know, than being certain, I think, is, like, not being certain and then just never asking anything and just being blissfully ignorant. Yeah, dude, that it, that's so good because I feel like one critique that I can hear people saying is, like, oh, well, if you can never be certain anything, then, like, why even try to learn about God anyway? Um, 
I just oh, yeah. think, I think that's, I mean, this is going to sound super like dismissive, but I just think that's a dumb question. Like, what do you mean? Why try to learn about God? Um, because if you, right. like you were saying earlier, if you have faith in God and you care about, like if it was another person that was sitting in front of you and you cared about them and you love them, you'd want to get to know them. Even yeah. if you knew that you would never fully, fully, fully know them. Um, and God's the same way. And so I had this realization and this is going to sound dumb, but like this book helped me realize that like we can't, we can't ever zero ever fully conceive of God because God nope. is an infinite being and we are finite. So everything we ever say about God is basically metaphorical in nature because we can't yeah. capture God with language and being okay with that and realizing that I'm never going to be able to to know everything. And actually, the more I study theology, the more I realize I don't know anything. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and like I'm I'm becoming more and more comfortable with that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to read theology books. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to strive after God. If anything, it piques my interest. It makes me want to know more because God gets even when I learn that I don't know that much, it just makes God bigger and bigger and bigger. And my faith increases. Um, yeah. It's, it, I, I don't, it's so good. It's so good. Cause it's like, um, you know, you were, if you're like, if you're saying, well, how can I believe anything he's saying? How can you believe anything you're saying too? <laughs> like sure. The, the dumbfounding like reality of all of this is, is like, if you spend, 10 seconds in nature and yeah. you really absorb like what you're looking at even like f it i was coming home from work today i was looking at an airplane a boeing 747 <laughs> right i drive on. through dfw every day from work okay and i told my wife i was like i love airplanes i'm like they're so cool we made those yeah and i'm like and you think back to it and you look at that you look at a mountain or like a like thousands of year old tree and you're like what the hell hell is that like sure. if you really look at that like like nature is like this like dumbfounding thing and it's like why is it here and like the answer to that is obviously because god created it but it's like why why did god create trees and the ability <laughs> to make airplanes and you know all of this stuff you know and it's like the you like, why do you need to be certain about any of that? There's just a wonder in the fact that God decided to create anything at all. <laughs> you know? Right on. Because right he's this infinite being that can do whatever. And instead, he's like, I'm going to create these people and this stuff. And I'm going to love it with everything I've got. Yeah. And that's just like, that's not an answer to anything. That's just like a statement of like, what is. You right. Know? <laughs> so that sounded really weird, but. No, I got you, man. I got you. And dang, it's a bummer, dude, because I feel like we could keep talking about this this book forever. And we've only really just scratched the surface of a key, a few like things that that he said. Um, but unfortunately, our our time is uh, coming to a close here. Yeah. Um, but like, I I mean, I would highly recommend this book. And um, even, I mean, even because I guess Pete people would call Pete like more liberal theologian or whatever yeah. I, I tend not to use that kind of language because it's just so loaded um people get well, preconceived notions but like i think even if you're super duper conservative if you think you're the opposite of pete ends like give the dude a chance and listen to what he's saying because he he is a, a dude that i know is after after you know he is faith, faithfully trying to serve 
serve Jesus. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's a brilliant dude. He's an academic. He knows his shit. And he, this is like his story. And, but it's also the story of so many other people. Um, and if you're going to be effective in ministry, even if you disagree with what he's saying, there's going to be so many people that this is their story. And you have to know that if you're going to be effective in ministry, because just giving them pat answers that have been given forever is not going to get us anywhere. So even if it's just, just to know about somebody else's story, check it out. Oh my God. Amen. (laughs) As a charismatic would say. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise be to God. I mean, wait, have you seen that? Like that Jesus Christ guy. That's like the, the Spanish guy. Have you seen that yet? No, I have not. It's going viral. And like, this is a rabbit trail and we'll have to peace out. But like, it's this guy. He's like a former gang member or something. And like, he is hyped about the armor of God. And Uh between like every line, he's like, Jesus Christ. God, we love you. Mm-mm. And he's like doing the robot dancing, like put on the belt of truth because Jesus Christ, Wah! like yelling. Oh my! And it's it's gosh, I'm gonna have fantastic. To look this up. It's going viral, so you have you'll okay. find it easily. Just search like Jesus Christ gang member or something. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll look it up. Yeah, sweet. Well, anyway, man, I know it's an abrupt end to our conversation, but seriously, thank you so much for coming and hanging out today. Anytime. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure. And so I'm trying to remember the things Andy always says. Oh, guys, hey, if you would like to connect with us, be sure to check out our website, <laughs> theologydoesitsuck.com. Uh, there's a contact form on there. You can uh, reach out to us and say why you prefer episodes where Andy is on here to curve my uh, hereticness. Um, or you could say why you really loved hearing a conversation between Justin and myself today. That would be beautiful as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But you could also find us on Instagram at Theology Doesn't Suck. We have all sorts of fun stuff going on there. And also, please, please, please be sure to go check out Push the Narrative. Uh, subscribe to them on, on your favorite podcasting source and also follow them on Instagram. They're awesome guys and uh, there's great content there that, that we'll know you love. Um, so anyway, signing off. I know Andy would say we love you. Thank you for listening. I would echo that. Uh, Justin, do you have anything you would like to say? Theology doesn't suck rules. Yeah, theology doesn't suck rules. And now I'm going to say my part. Go Caps. All right, guys. Peace out. We love you.